Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Ooh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alaska Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. Especially on days like today. Uh, do you want to know what happened today on Alex Garrett Podcasting? I'll tell you. Uh, no matter how old one could get, no matter how many years deep into his 20s one could get, one, if they have a physical, unique look, like roll away on one leg, could still get asked, what happened to your leg? And not, you know, not uh, once, but multiple times by the same person who's at least 40 years older. No, it, it is funny to me, that people who are older still are puzzled. And it's like, you know, I don't mind it from kids. I don't mind it from dogs when they bark at me, honestly, because they're just curious and they see the rollerblade, like, what's that? And the crutches too. So I get that. It's adorable. And I, I try to stop for the dogs and, yeah, the kids to answer their questions because it's 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 curiosity that I marvel at. Um, but not from an adult. No, not not from an adult. Because if you're age 60, 70, 80, asking me why I was born with one leg, I still get taken aback. Is that stubborn to get taken aback? I don't think so. But I do. Um, because you would think in their 60s, 70s, 80s, even if they are from not from a foreign country or born... You know, this isn't their culture or their healthcare system in their country where they came from and were born in is not as advanced here, sadly. I I don't think it's right or proper to ask someone what happened to their leg. I'm just throwing that out there. And furthermore, I you know, I was trying to catch a bus. I saw the bus was right there. Well, I decided to roll right up the hill. With a big smile on my face. You know why? Uh, Hell to my house. Because at the end of the day, I just got away from that energy. And I'm proud to get away from those who question it in their 60s, 70s, 80s. I don't stand for that. I could be more welcoming, but at that point, it's just like, yeah, you asked me once. Why ask me 12 times? And you better believe that this person who is older would have probably kept asking me um, about it on the bus. That would have been so uncomfortable. I was in a park actually a few months ago, now that I'm talking about this this story. And um, sure enough, someone asked, uh, uh, someone said out loud in a park in Jamaica Hills, hey, look, he's got one leg. And I didn't, I laughed it off because I think it's hilarious. 
But it's amazing that in 2020, people still make a scene. I, I think so anyway. Should I be, should I still expect it? I guess. But it still, it, it throws me back. And then one story more as we're on this, because this isn't really the topic I wanted to cover. As you know, I try and find things that are not trending, but should be. And my life is not worth trending, if that makes sense. Like, I'm just living my life. I I know people die, you know, are, are just waiting to hear my latest stories of the day, but sometimes I don't have any because I don't find them as useful as talking about other things that are affecting the city. But I will tell you a funny nugget. Uh, nugget. Um, outside Madison Square Garden, years ago, <laughs> someone on the streets of New York Inside the garden said, what happened to his leg? And my father deadpanned, <laughs> turned, to, turned to him and said, why don't you write a biography on it? And I, we would die it out. We, you know, we were laughing hysterically in front of the eagle outside Madison Square Garden. It's one of those moments you just don't forget. But yeah, even at 28, the question still gets asked, what happened to your leg? And that in further enhances my idea to wear the shoe, the rollerblade proudly, because even if people, some people don't get it, thank God I do, and thank God I love it. Because there are still people out here in the world not happy um, with losing a leg, taking a long time to move forward with it, amputees, very rare to be born with one leg. And so... Yeah, if you're on the streets of New York, just talk to me. But don't interrogate. I, I think asking is okay if you word it a different way. But don't constantly, if you're in the older ages, ask me. That's such a off-putting way to make a friend. Yeah, I'd be friends with people if they just sometimes want to talk. That's the bottom line. I'd engage conversation. I would engage the curiosity. But after the first time I say, yeah, I was born with one leg. That, that's how God made me. And they still don't ask. I don't understand it. And they still ask. That's when I literally roll away and say, they're not going to get it. And I'm not wasting my energy on trying to get someone to understand it. Because if they don't, they don't. But I'm not going to be swept up in a time-sucking manner to explain one by one how I was born one leg. That's done with. Sorry to say, but that's done with. Because I love my life. I don't care what happened to my leg or why I was born. I just know God made me this way, and that's how I roll. And the shoe does fit. And the roller blade fits. And I do wear them proudly. So there's that. Another place I tend to rollerblade, by the way, is the Port Authority. And I got some very interesting reading done over the weekend. Hope you had a nice Labor Day, by the way. Um, I think yesterday, our Labor Day should have been dedicated to the health healthcare workers who pulled this through this pandemic the best they could. Uh, I also... say that um, those who are unemployed also need a shout out this Labor Day. They will get back to work. We know they want to work hard and they need, a, I mean, 6.6 .6 million at one point. That's got to change, right? 
And those have been able to work, those essential workers, law enforcement, first responders, nurses, doctors, all of them deserve yesterday, Labor Day, to be dedicated to them. So, with that being said, I want to get to Port Authority. This is a place I do roll through to catch a bus to go to New Jersey for church. Very cool. I mean, it's dingy, some would say. I think at the Christmas time, they make it nice with the lights. But I would gladly, gladly accept the idea of it moving underground. That's the newest plan, according to Steve Cuzo at uh, the New York Post. He says the public authority, uh, port authority, public authority, the port authority, considering three alternatives for modernizing the tower, the terminal, and putting an office tower on top of it, or partly moving it into the Javits Center convention center. The post uh, apparently ex- exclusively obtained images of a plan by ACOM, A E C O M, and STV, an architectural firm. To bury the terminal underground, renamed Hudson Terminal Market, with stores, cafes, and connections to the number 7 and 8th Avenue subway lines. This sounds like a pipe dream. That is true, considering how long the 2nd Avenue subway got, uh, it took to get it done, and the 7th 7 line. You know, Bloomberg should have really been in that 7 line opening, not de Blasio. De Blasio took credit for getting a project that Bloomberg spearheaded and started, and I don't know if Bloomberg was even there that day when they cut the ribbon to the 7th Avenue, uh, to the 12th Avenue, 34th Street line. Anyway, it continues. A grand glass would bring in sunlight. New terminals near the Lincoln Tunnel entrance will bring buses directly into the terminal and eliminate the ugly tangle of overhead ramps. West 41st, between 8th and 9th, which the terminal straddles, will be closed to create a superblock bounded by the avenues by West 42nd for a landscape, public park, and new office or apartment towers. This vision was submitted, by the way, in 2019. And uh, Port Authority said no because of the hemorrhaging business they were having. And then apparently the Trump administration is involved with this too. Project could be financed at little or no cost to the Port Authority by tapping near-zero interest federal loans to spur development as part of recovery from the COVID-19 crisis. I'm sorry, but if if COVID brings about a well-revamped Port Authority, that would be a big win. That would be a resilient, ultimate recovery. And I say I'm sorry because I hate saying COVID-19 is starting to be creating victories, but it is. We've seen vaccine trials for months now. We've seen Abbott and all these private sectors coming in with these testing. We've seen pitching in like I've not seen in healthcare in a while. And now to say that this could actually help recover Manhattan by building this glass building and putting the Port Authority underground? That would be huge. I mean, look, they, uh, this project's apparently been around uh, for a little bit. 
and it will require a city-state development agency to mastermind the project. The big box to contain the new bus terminal will be first built beneath the current terminal. It will be installed before the above building is demolished. Look, if this happens, if this happens, and it's been getting a little traction in the business sector, actually, because even um, I think the Business Times said something about the Port Authority project. Biz Now, Leavenworth Times. Which I think is a different state, actually. <laughs> and then they even said they would design plans for improvements to the Flushing Promenade here in Queens. Public Authority... Uh, public Authority... Port Authority applying to the Federal Aviation Administration for approval of its proposal to build an air train link between LaGuardia and a site between the seven subway. Look, at least the Port Authority, who we know literally dragged its feet on the building of the Freedom Tower. That is true. Who we know has been thrown around this idea to get rid of the old Port Authority, but hasn't. Maybe seeing all these projects happening is going to be good. And if it becomes action, that'd be even better. It is a whole mess coming into and out of Jersey through the <coughs> Lincoln Tunnel. And so how do we alleviate that mess? That's the big question. That's what ACOM and uh, these other companies are looking forward to. But imagine a COVID-19 recovery where the Port Authority is rebuilding through it be as an advantage to it, uh, from it. We need people back in this city, and I would say we need more plans to be exposed. Because if we have plans of development being exposed, people are going to clap, uh, you know, jump right at the idea to help develop. I believe so. We still see buildings going up in the city. Grand Central, right across the street, they've got the Vanderbilt building built, you know, almost as tall as and more than the Chrysler building. That kept going. We've got that biggest Park Avenue tower. I mean, things are happening. Business is building. And again, these companies aren't saying we're going to rebuild these different areas. I mean, do you know how many holes in the ground there have been that I noticed that have not been built? Finally, they are. Finally, they are. And it's fun to see. It's great to see. But you keep throwing out these development plans with hopes that they get done, you'll get people latching onto them. You'll get people saying, yes, I will stand, stand firm with the Port Authority on this whole thing. And I hope it goes through. I really do. Because I think if the Port Authority happens to be revamped, and re-energized. And I have other development that I want to talk about before the night's over here. 
But if they can revamp Port Authority once and for all without the back and forth about it, then maybe we'll see some more positivity. And, you know, I'm always a traditionalist, like why tear it down? But uh, I just think we need innovation. We need building. We need people. We need stories to be out there like Amazon taking over the Fifth Avenue. Yes, the Fifth Avenue, Lord and Taylor, that used to be there. Huge news with that. I'm not saying everything's great because, yeah, there was a five-year-old shot at the Juvere celebration. Terrible. Yeah, I still see stories of skyrocketing gun uh, of shootings in New York. That's terrible. But I still believe we can go and see the positivities that New York still will offer or has to offer. If we don't talk about those, then you're completely telling people the city's dead. It's not. It's not. And I wish people on both sides would, would say that. It's not. But until they do, I'll just keep saying it. Because I love saying how my city can be resilient, is resilient. That's a comfort space for me. That's a comfort zone for me. That is a a huge comfort zone. Because if my city, if in my mind, I could still see the city as somewhat salvageable, I'll be happy. Because the dead streets are disappointing. The dead spaces are horrific to see. But you know what also is great to see? That people still are out. Times Square had people out. I guess Cuomo wants to enforce 4,000 social distance, according to Fitzwong. Who thinks if Trump wins that uh, there will be city states seceding from the union? I don't see that coming, but Fitz does. He wanted me to share that message with you, so there you go. But no, if, if this Port Authority project could happen, if they finally get the funding, if this could be an epic part of our recovery in Manhattan, I would gladly... Gladly take that over the constant darkness that we see. You can't do this. You can't do that. Why do this? Why are you doing that? Went to Washington Park the other, Washington Square Park the other night, masked up. And you know what? The next night, kids from NYU were caught on video. And they were, quote unquote, violating coronavirus. I mean, it was a nice night out. But there they were. You can't do that. You can't do this. I'm starting to get tired of that, aren't you? Aren't you getting tired of hearing you can't do this, you can't do that? Don't you want to hear from your leaders? Yes, we're allowing you. We are giving you the opportunity to do this. If you can, you can proudly say you are able to get a COVID test anywhere, then we should proudly be saying, you know what? You also can get a space at a table, a seat at the table, a dining table. And I wish they would still talk about the outdoor dining because they still don't publicize that enough. And I'm glad there's a fight against closing indoor dining 
But if they're not going to do that, at least say, hey, there are still restaurants open. We don't know till how long. We don't know what's going to happen in the freezing cold, but they're open now. But they must be reopened in the fall and winter months. Or that will kill the restaurants. That is a brutal truth. And we don't want that here in New York. We do not want that. I exhale. Because <laughs> what can I really control? I can only control the idea of putting it out there that these stories should be heard. Port Authority making strides with ACOM should be told. But then so should this. The Daily Beast, which as you might know, is a sort of left of center, liberal paper. Yet here's Sam Stein, the political editor for the Daily Beast, with the headline, the politic, uh, the progressive coalition fight back table has been meeting to game out what happens if Joe Biden doesn't win by a landslide. Now, the fight back table was an initiative launched after the 2016 election to get a constellation of lefty organizations to work more closely together. The meeting at this table dealt with operational demands expected if the November election ends without a clear outcome or with a Joe Biden win that Donald Trump refuses to recognize. They now call this the Democracy Nerve, Democracy Defense Nerve Center. And the report that came out from the Transition Integrity Project, says this group is planning for mass public unrest, that the potential for violent conflict is high. How you occupy, hold space, shut things down for weeks, not just on election day. What transportation options can be in place should poll location mysteriously close? Then uh, speaking of polls, I saw that uh, Georgia had a thousand people vote twice. This is shady sheesh going on everywhere. Shady sheesh is going on everywhere. And who's stopping it? No one. Everybody's just debating it. (laughs) Fantastic, right? They say that this fight back table sat down two months in advance to take to seriously take the complications and threats election day poses. And they say it's not happening fast enough. And they even got Rosa Brooks, a law professor at Georgetown, talking about this. They say the Transition Integrity Project, which is her, has conducted war games to play out the range of election day and post-election day scenarios. And the, 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 the outcomes say it could be a nightmarish fallout. 
So a Georgetown law professor and the fight back table. This is an American university, uh, an American citizen, a university professor saying, uh, conducting war games. What is going on in this country where either side can't accept anything anymore? Anything. She laid out four. This is this is how brilliant of a mind she is, and how American a professor she is. Described four simulations exercises: clear bind win, narrow bind win, a murky result, and a Trump electoral college win with popular vote loss. Those simulations were played out with sixty-seven prominent public officials and academics. Role-playing on seven teams. Trump campaign, Biden campaign, Republican. The word violence was listed 15 times in this document. Chaos nine, crisis a dozen. I don't even want to go. They say that Team Trump had to use or misuse would be uh, releasing classified documents for political purposes, freezing assets of individuals and groups the president... What? Seems like Trump wouldn't do that. And there's a law, a range of law enforcement actors who would escalate matters. I mean, this is how the wild thing they have. Then they say Trump would invoke the Insurrection Act and said military. In others, team had attorney Bill Barch order the seizure of mail-in ballots to ensure that vote counting would stop. What in the world? How is that happening? Now here's the here's the part that is very interesting. If Biden wins narrowly and Trump contests, the Transition Integrity Project war game saw more than 4 million Americans take to the streets calling it violent skirmishes and vandalism would take place during the demonstrations. Is that what we want? Apparently, they'd also be able to influencers, all living presidents, most modern Republican governors and some Republican senators. This is crazy talk. The simulation saw Team Biden work with local Democratic officials to call on the adjunct general of the National Guard along with representatives to monitor vote counting, a capital strike and work stoppage to insist all ballots be counted. Oh my God, they said InfoWars were around. Here, here's the article I'm reading, by the way. You might want to uh, see this. Uh, and I'll post the link later. But but this transition integrity project is saying they will be violent if Biden wins and Trump doesn't contest, or I guess if Trump wins. Four million Americans, they expect crazy talk. And 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 that is 
going to be the battle. Stay sane, stay level-headed, stay the course in your own life, and if you stay the course in your own life, then everything else, as we lead into the election and get to the election and post-election, will work out. I think beyond this report, it is up to all of us to live every day without fear, with a uh, vigilant eye, and a sense of love for each other, I think we could stop calling each other names on social media. We'd be great. If we could stop telling New Yorkers we can't live, that'd be great too. Because if they're, they keep going with all of this doomsday, there will be doomsday. It will be a self-fulfilling fulfilling prophecy. None of us really want that, right? We don't want the doomsday scenario. And I'll work my damnedest to speak into existence a better day. Here at Alex Garrett Podcasting. Business plans like the Port Authority saying they have plans is huge. Is huge. Let's hear more of those. Let's hear more of those capital plans to get us. I don't want to hear about capital strikes. I want to hear about capital plans to rebuild us. To show that we are rebuilding. And yes, we will rebuild. But we are rebuilding now. Day in and day out. With or without leadership's help. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon on Alex Garrett Podcasting. Alex.G-A-R-R-E-T-T 21 at Yahoo.com is my email. Alex.G-A-R-R-E-T-T 21 at Yahoo.com is my email. Alex G-N-N-O-S-C is my Twitter and my Facebook. Uh, is my Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, if you want to follow me, TikTok. Have a great night, everybody.